Welcome to the Rise Station podcast. I am your host, Pranella Harris, a licensed mental health professional, providing practical everyday tips to improve your mental well-being. If you're new here, welcome and do me a favor and subscribe so that you can be notified every Monday when new episodes are uploaded. Please also follow me on Instagram at Restorative Family. I want to shout out my Rise Tribe listeners who tune in every single week. I appreciate you and your support. Thank you so much for vibing and rising with me. It's the start of the new year and many of us are motivated to get our goals accomplished this year. So many of us start the year out strong, right? We are very motivated and intentional about getting our our goals met. And then a few weeks into the year, we start to lose momentum. We start to lose our mojo. For some, we may start to overthink our goals and allow self-doubt and fear to creep in and discourage us. Today's episode, we're going to be tackling one aspect of overthinking, which is perfectionistic thinking and how that can derail us from our success. Before we get into it, though, I want to hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice, where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. Okay, so you guys might be thinking, what is perfectionism? What What is that term? What does it mean? Well, it's a term that is used to describe someone who strives to be flawless. Perfectionists attach their self-worth and value to their achievements. They tend to be fixated on their imperfections. They often try to control situations and are critical of themselves and critical of others. And, you know, studies show that, you know, the problem with being a perfectionist is that it's all for naught. You know, studies show that perfectionists actually achieve less and stress more than higher achievers. So what what is the purpose of putting yourself through all that mental anguish, all that overthinking, all that stress and anxiety, if it's not going to be very helpful? And a lot of times we don't even know that we are uh, dealing with perfectionist thinking. So what I want to do today is I want to go over 10 traits to help you identify whether or not you have any of these perfectionistic traits and then what you can do about them if you do. If you find that your success is lacking or that you're feeling stagnant, these traits might have a lot to do with it. Um, Being a perfectionist might have a lot to do with the inability to crush your goals. So that's why I think it's necessary to cover it right now. So let's get into it. Here's how to tell if you are a perfectionist or not. Number one is you have all or nothing thinking, right? Almost doesn't count for a perfectionist, right? Almost is equivalent to failure. 
almost means, okay, if I didn't hit the goal and I almost got it, then I failed. If I came in number two, that was a fail. If I got a 95 rather than 100, I failed, right? Versus uh, someone who's a high achiever has acceptance. Like, yes, they want to get the best grade or, or get the number one spot, but they're okay with their performance if they did their best, if, you know, and they, if they're more accepting. Number two is they're overly critical. Perfectionists are overly critical of themselves and of others, right? And so, you know, they may, uh, because they tend to overthink and really get fixated on their flaws and imperfections, they tend to point out and judge harshly the flaws and imperfections of others. So think about, you know, working on a team or your coworkers, or if you're in high school, you know, if you're in a group project, what, you know, what that looks like. If you're on a, a sports team, you know, the, the person who is out there yelling out, if you're making a mistake or, you know, just, you know, having that attitude, that poor attitude that you did this wrong, you, this is bad. And, things of that nature, they could have, they could be uh, dealing with perfectionist thinking versus someone who's a high achiever who takes pride in their accomplishments and can be supportive to others. So they can really bring up the morale of a team, bring up the morale of coworkers and things of that nature. Number three is perfectionists tend to be driven by fear. And usually it's a fear of failure that drives them toward their goals. So they strive to really be flawless. They strive to be number one because they fear being in the number two position because that is like failure to them. So they really strive to get that hundred because the disappointment really of not meeting their goals is way harsher than uh, the reward is of getting the prize. Okay, so it's really fear and obligation is driving a perfectionist versus someone who's a high achiever who is driven by their ambition and desire to reach their goal. They're reaching these goals because it means something to them. They want to help more people or they uh, want mastery in this subject or they really have a desire to win or be number one or, you know, break this world record. Number four is a perfectionist is indecisive, right? Because they are fixated on imperfection, they will take apart a project, you know, two, three times looking for all the flaws, which, you know, takes away time. And it, you know, they spend more time in analyzing than actually making a decision to move forward. So that indecisiveness, making sure that they don't make a mistake. So they're really in their heads about choosing correctly and performing correctly so they don't act and they tend to decide things much slower than someone who doesn't deal with that overthinking versus a high achiever who is going to lay out the pros and cons and really move forward with the decision based on which one is going to meet them closer to their goals. So uh, high achievers are really good at decision making. Number five, perfectionistic thinkers tend to set goals that are just unrealistic and just very unattainable. And when they don't 
reach that goal, it sets in motion the disappointment, the criticism, the procrastination, the indecisiveness. So then they don't act because the goal is so big and unrealistic and, you know, just making that decision on how to get started. And it just seems so big that they don't get started. It really puts them into a very uh, chaotic cycle to where they end up being defeated before they even get started because the goal is so far out of their reach versus a high achiever who are going to set realistic goals and smaller goals so that they can attain those goals. Number six, they're focused and driven on results. They're really result and outcome driven, right? So the journey of how to get there isn't as important for a perfectionist uh, thinker because they're just, I just have one goal and that is to be number one. And, you know, it's myopic vision. There is no, you know, looking around and smelling the roses or, you know, looking at the journey versus a high achiever who really is going to enjoy the journey, is going to enjoy um, challenging themselves, is going to really set incremental goals. Because the perfectionist thinker is only driven based on that goal, they're not really taking into the growth. You know, they just want the achievement. They want the reward at the end. Growth and how they got there isn't as important. Number seven is procrastination. And this goes back to um, the indecisiveness. Procrastination is the analysis paralysis. So because they are analyzing and, you know, dotting their, their eyes and crossing their T's and revisiting and, and restarting and going back over their work that they never get started. They never put out a finished product because they stay so focused on the evaluation, you know, just making sure everything is perfect versus a high achiever who is very productive and wants to plan out their time and wants to use their time efficiently. So they will um, make sure not to procrastinate and to give themselves the right amount of time to get things done and make decisions. Number eight is for a perfectionist, unmet goals can lead to depression. And it's because they're not really strong in their self-confidence because they've attached their self-confidence to whether they achieve or not. If they're not achieving, then they are disappointed and they feel really bad about themselves and they start to wallow in that disappointment and uh, start to self-sabotage themselves, start to have those negative thoughts of themselves versus someone who is a high achiever who can bounce back and look at, you know, an unmet goal as maybe a flaw in their methodology or a flaw in the plan or the blueprint and get back to the drawing board. Number nine is they become defensive. You know, uh, someone who has a lot more perfectionistic um, traits tend to be defensive because they're in their heads already about their own flaws. So when you try to give them constructive criticism about how they can improve, they tend to be guarded because, again, their ego is attached to whether or not they've achieved um, their goal. And so they're already thinking that they're not worthy. Um, So it's hard to take criticism, even if it's helpful feedback and criticism, very uh, positively. Versus someone who is a high achiever, who is open to feedback, because again, they ultimately want to grow. They're looking to improve in this journey. So feedback is welcomed. The last trait that I have here is number 10, low self-esteem. And this 
really sets the high achiever apart from a perfectionist because perfectionists typically are unhappy um, with themselves, unhappy with where they are uh, and tend to have lower self-esteem, which is why they attach their self-esteem to their achievements. So as long as they're achieving, they're feeling good about themselves, but they have to keep achieving. And, you know, you can see just how tiresome that can be um, if they're constantly, see if they're, if they achieve one thing and they have to constantly keep jumping, it's external to themselves. Their self-esteem is actually externally focused because they're only doing it for the gratification that they get from other people saying, oh, great job. Um, That's great. So it's fleeting and they typically have low self-esteem versus a high achiever who has equally high self-esteem and high self-confidence. So if you've identified with any of these traits, you know, don't fret. There are things that you can do to improve um, your perfectionistic thinking. The title of this uh, episode is Progress Not Perfection. So we definitely want to keep that affirmation in our heads as we go through these tips on how to eliminate perfectionistic thinking, right? All right, so let's go ahead and get into what you can do. If any of those traits that I just mentioned resonates with you, here's what you can do. Number one is Understand that changing your thinking pattern is going to be a journey. It didn't happen overnight. And so repairing it won't happen overnight. So, you know, set some realistic expectations that this is going to be a longer journey. It's not something that you can say, okay, I don't want to be a perfectionist anymore. I'm just going to change. Chances are you've been like that from a very young age and that has carried you it it's it's caused you great success in your life and there have been benefits to it so we're just going to try to modify it slowly so set that intention and expectation up right from the start when you start this journey number two is get support Link up with a great mental health therapist and get a great support system. Someone who's going to remind you of how to reframe your thoughts, going to encourage you when things get a little challenging. Number three is understand that your self-worth is not equal to your achievement, is really having an understanding that you're valuable just because, and you're enough just because you don't have to earn you don't have to prove that just being you know alive makes you valuable and we're all born with strengths and gifts so just really setting in on those affirmations for yourself number four is celebrate small accomplishments toward your success that yes you may have a a goal a milestone but set up small milestones as you're getting toward that bigger milestone right so th- those things can look like your effort right consistency your ability to be kind to yourself you know and so when you set up those small accomplishments you're setting up milestones to make progress so you're making progress toward your goals and when we think about improvements, it's a process. So when we start to really identify, okay, here are some things that I have improved during the process of me getting to that success goal or getting to that chip, we start to become more confident in our abilities. All right. Because we're celebrating our effort and not just the outcome. Number five is practice mindfulness. So 
With mindfulness, you really train your mind to be in the present moment because so much of us and our anxiety and our overwhelm is because we are so focused on the future that we forget about the present and we get overwhelmed by thinking about all the things we have to do, by thinking about all the things we have to accomplish before we get there. And that can weigh us down. It can make us defeated. It can really take us off our game, leave us less motivated. So really just Take on what's in front of you today. Be present in that moment. Evaluate your progress with grace and compassion in that moment. Number six is practice gratitude for yourself and for the journey toward that goal. Being grateful. So again, this goes along with the mindfulness as well, but being grateful, not just for the good, but also for the lessons, um, the things that hey, I didn't know this about myself, the coping skills that you have to learn to get to the next level toward your goals. So really having gratitude throughout the whole process. Seven, look at failure as part of the journey, right? Sometimes we set our goals and we just think that it's just gonna be easy peasy. We're just gonna go ahead and set this goal and it's gonna be easily given to us. Well, that is not the case. And if we expect setbacks, when those setbacks come, it won't pull the rug right from under us. But we would have expected it and we would have been able to be adaptable, flexible and be able to move accordingly. Right. So your setbacks should be looked at as setups for success. Number eight is build self-esteem outside of achieving. So, you know, there are so many things that you can really start working on that has nothing to do with achievements. You know, are you a great listener? Are you a great friend? Are you capable of loving? Are you funny? Are you humorous? So there's so many things that you can appreciate about yourself that has nothing to do with what you actually achieve. So look at developing those areas of yourself as well. Number nine is practice self-love and self-care. You know, self-love is going to be needed when you come across times in your life where you are in a valley where, you know, you're not achieving as much. And so having self-love is going to be compassionate, talking yourself through difficult times is encouraging yourself to get back and reset when you have a setback. That's showing yourself self-love. And when things get overwhelming, when you've been achieving a lot, your, your, your bucket's empty, self-care is there so that you can keep filling your bucket so that you can take a break when you need it. So really taking care of yourself is going to also help you on this journey. And lastly is number 10, forgive yourself if you make a mistake. And this is where self-compassion comes in because throughout the journey, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to somehow have setbacks and challenges. And it's about not really coming down on yourself. Because when you come down on yourself, you start to just wallow in disappointment and depression. But if you really want to get back, it's hey, you know what, um, I didn't handle that the way I want it to, but I'm going to get back on the horse and I'm going to keep trying. And that's the difference. It's just not that you won't make mistakes, but that you can be compassionate with yourself and forgive yourself and learn from those mistakes. Okay, so in conclusion, when we attach our self-worth to our achievement, it sets us up to think that we are only 
as valuable as our latest achievement, right? We always have to be achieving something to be worthwhile, to be valuable to someone or to ourselves. And that if we fail at this task or that task, that we are failures, which sets us up for depression, anxiety, low self-worth, and a whole host of other negative emotions and negative outcomes, right? So I want you to think about this. We are imperfect beings. We all are, but we're always evolving. We're always getting better, right? And so doing your best, just do your best, do your best and strive toward progress, not perfection. So as long as you are improving every single day, take one thing that you can do well today, you're moving in the right direction. You know, the journey toward your goals is where most of that growth and transformation takes place. So be present in those moments and enjoy them. Until next time, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.